Hello, my friends, and welcome back. It is a cloudy, I hope a rainy day. It is, we're in a drought. We definitely need rain today. And today we're going to talk about something that every single child of God needs, and it is righteousness. Now, we know that righteousness originally comes from Jesus. It's called imputed, given to us by God, that which we didn't have before. And then we're supposed to live this life righteously, taking that righteousness, taking that leadership from the Holy Spirit, and living a life that is, if you will, right before God. We're going to be in Isaiah chapter 33 today, verses 1 through 13. And what I'll do is as we go through the sermon today, I'll offer you the points from these verses. Now, the Bible teaches us that it is impossible to please God without faith. And the Bible says in Romans chapter 10 that faith comes from hearing the word of God. I don't know about you, but I don't believe people come to Christ without hearing the word of God. I think that someone along the way is faithful, a faithful witness, and plants those seeds of life and hope within our hearts that the Holy Spirit germinates into a living faith in Christ. Now, this faith we speak of now produces a freedom from sin and makes us, if you will, again, right with God because of this imputation of Christ's righteousness given to us. You can find this in Romans 5 and verse 18. Faith in God means trusting him. To trust him means that we yield our wills to him and we obey his commands and, and People get into trouble with these two things. I've had a lot of conversations over the years with believers regarding trusting God. Uh, perhaps their finances aren't what they would like. Perhaps their circumstances are, 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 are dim and bleak. And so they have trouble trusting God, not seeing the fact that God is in control of the circumstances, that there's something bigger and better that God is planning them for. Now, this process of trusting God develops in us our new selves. Paul talked about the new selves that we are in Christ. They're being formed into the image of Christ. And that image includes righteousness and spiritual purity and holiness. Now, the definition of righteousness is that which has been declared right. That word keeps coming back, doesn't it? Right. And having the support of the law. That's how we define righteousness. Now, the law here is God's law. What he declares is right. The way we live our lives as Christians will speak volumes to God and to our community regarding our true relationship with Christ. We're talking about living a righteous life today, a righteous lifestyle. It demonstrates a changed and repentant heart dedicated to the things of heaven. Living an unrighteous lifestyle demonstrates a heart devoid of repentance. So my first point for you today is God protects his children. Our lesson today is a prophecy that Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, received from God in the days when Assyria threatened to invade Israel. This is about 700 years before Christ. Israel was split into the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah. And God heard the prayers of his people. He pronounced defeat over Israel's foe, Assyria. The word of God teaches us that we are to fear or greatly revere the Lord. This word fear comes up in the New Testament and the Old Testament. 
And it doesn't mean you hide under a table because God is, is this angry father who punishes people. It means to revere God. This is from the heart. And this is the beginning of a righteous and spiritually strong life. So I'd like to give you a few things that the fear of the Lord produces. And I'm going to give you the scriptures. I'm not sure if you're writing down notes, but these are from Proverbs, and I'm going to give you the scripture lesson, the scriptures as well. So the fear of the Lord, first of all, is to hate evil. Proverbs 8.13. Proverbs 8.13, to hate evil. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, according to Solomon, in Proverbs 9.10. Proverbs 9.10. It prolongs our days. Proverbs 10.27. Proverbs 10.27. In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence, and his children, that's you and me now, shall have a place of refuge. Proverbs 14.26. That's Proverbs 14.26. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. A fountain of life. Proverbs 14.27. The next verse. The fear of the Lord is better than great treasure. Proverbs 15:16. That's Proverbs 15:16. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom. Also in Proverbs 15, verse 33. By the fear of the Lord, people depart from evil. Proverbs 16:6. That's Proverbs 16:6. Two more. The fear of the Lord tends to life. Proverbs 19.23. That's Proverbs 19.23. And we see throughout Scripture that by humility and this fear of the Lord, riches and honor and life are given to us. Now, God is honored by our praise and our trust in him. And he answers the prayers of his faithful children. Notice now there's, there's almost a little covenant here, isn't there? God answers prayers of those who are faithful to him, those who revere him, those who trust him, those who received and put into practice the righteousness of Christ. Now, going back to our chapter in Isaiah we're talking about, Isaiah 33, we see this very thing. In verse 1 of Isaiah chapter 33, we have the king of Assyria threatening against Israel. And we see that that which this Assyrian king threatened against Israel was that which would happen to his own kingdom. Hebrews 10 and verse 30 says that God repays evil done against his children. See, we don't need to seek revenge. We don't need to have that anger harbored in our heart because God repays evil done against us. He is our strong tower. The righteous run to him and are safe, according to Proverbs 18.10. So, a couple of questions for you, and for me, because anything I say to you, I've said to me first. What in your life threatens your faith or your prayer life? Is there something so powerful that can remove you from the hand of God that covers you with protection? Is there something so powerful that can remove your name from the Lamb's Book of Life? When we understand God's power, we understand that it is infinite. When we understand God's plans, we understand they are perfect. 
And God has promised to provide his children, that's you and me, with ultimate protection against anything our enemy could do against us. Isaiah 54 and verse 17 says, No weapon that is formed against us shall prosper. Now, our enemy, of course, is Satan. We're talking about our spiritual enemy who wages war against us because the last thing Satan wants to see is children of God on their knees. Now, one of the greatest weapons our enemy uses is his attempt to convince us that our faith is not real. Perhaps we didn't mean it when we gave our lives to Christ, and that's why we don't always feel saved or feel like praying. Perhaps our faith is not strong enough to make salvation real in our lives. Well, the Bible states that all who call on the name of Jesus will be saved, not might be saved, Acts 2.21. The righteousness that we possess from Christ came from our decision to place our faith in him and repent of our evil ways. And so now as saved children, we are to learn God's precepts or his law and put them into practice. My second point for you today is the state of unrighteousness. Israel was a wicked nation during the time of Isaiah's ministry. That's just a fact. They were being oppressed by one of their enemies, which was Assyria, a very powerful nation. And the description given of the nation in chapter 33 gives us an idea of just how bad things were in Israel. So here are some other verses in this chapter we're talking about today. In verse 7, we're in Isaiah 33. In verse 7, it says, The mighty warriors were crying for help. Their ambassadors who tried to negotiate peace were crying bitterly. See, they had no power over their enemy. They were unable to bring about a positive outcome on their own. And how often do we try to make our circumstances work for the good by our own power? I know I've tried that, and I know every time I have, I've failed. How often do we forget to seek the Lord's face and will, the one who has sovereignty over our lives? Let's go to verse 8 now. The beginning of verse 8 in Isaiah 33 says that their roadways were so dangerous that travelers stopped using them. The end of verse 8 says that relationships with their enemy were treacherously broken. Verse 9 says that Assyria continued to lay waste to the land, leaving it more and more desolate and deserted. Now, these were very real results from a very real threat. Our lives today, I believe, are an extension of both the problems that the sinfulness of Israel had created, as well as the promises they received from God. So let's talk about sin for a second now. For the non-believer, sin produces sorrow and pain. And sin separates people from the grace and the protection and the presence of God. But what about the believer? Well, same beginning, sin produces sorrow and pain. But for the believer, sin in the life of you and me, a believer, blocks prayer and the movement of the Holy Spirit within that person's life. Isaiah was a fearless prophet. I, I encourage you, Isaiah is a long book, and it's one that has some interesting things in it, but I, I encourage you to read the book of Isaiah just to see how fearless he was, just to see how God used him at a, at a, at a pivotal point in Israel's history. He was a fearless prophet who, by God's leading, pronounced woe 
to not only Israel's enemies, but also to Israel because of her sin. My last point for you today is that God protects his children. When God makes a covenant, he means it. When God promises to protect and provide for his children, that is exactly what he will do. And there's one more important point. God responded to his children. This is going back to Isaiah 33. He responded to his children after they called out to him with praise and repentance. We see this in verses 2 and 5. After they came back to God, after they made themselves right with God, he was more than happy and quick to respond and to provide them the protection they needed. Hebrews 13.5, you know this one. It says, God will never leave nor forsake us. Hebrews 13.5. He will never withdraw his presence or his help. The covenantal part of this is our need to be faithful and seek the Lord's face and will. All right, let's conclude. God exercised his judgment against Assyria in verses 10 through 13 of our lesson today in Isaiah 33. God would rise up in power and utterly defeat the Assyrians. Now, this judgment against what was a heathen nature of Assyria apparently caused alarm for those in Israel who were sinners and hypocrites. They were afraid now. They were afraid that God was going to come to them next. The destruction of the Assyrian army would be so significant that distant nations would know about it. We see this in verse 13. And the Israelites who were sinning were to take note of the Lord's might and judgment. Now, next week, we're going to pick up with verse 14 with the fearful response of those who were sinning in Israel and what God's answer was to them, which is now extended to us in Christ. All right, there's our first part for our need for righteousness in our lives. And we see the in our lesson today, the need that Israel had at this point in their history for righteousness in their lives, which had been given to them by God. Well, my friends, are you staying safe? Are you still making those good decisions? The town I live in, I swear they've given up on masks. No one here is wearing a mask. In fact, I went into our general store last week with my mask on, and I was given a look that I can't even explain to you by someone standing about a foot behind the person in front of, in front of them. No mask, no social distancing. I don't know. People aren't getting it, but I hope you're getting it and you're staying safe. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day, and we thank you for your message. We just pray, Lord, that those listening to this message would be blessed by it. They would be blessed by you that we would take seriously our need for righteousness in our life. Not that we possess righteousness on our own. That's called self-righteousness. But that we receive from you your righteousness, Jesus. When we come to Christ, when we come to you, Lord, you give us your righteousness, your rightness, your purity, your holiness. And we're able to exercise that in our lives through the presence and purpose and the power of the Holy Spirit. Help us to do this, Lord, for your glory and the benefit of those around us. And we ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, my friends, take care. Until next time, be well.